We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, VM fans of all ages, at the Lamp Show on Twitter is where you can find me. I am flying solo today. My backcourt mate, Impy, is upstate. We cannot get the Wi-Fi situated on his end. And Tim had some errands to run, and the other guys are out of town. So, fortunately or unfortunately, you're flying with me solo for the next couple of minutes, I do have a guest at the tail end of the show. A uh, pretty cool insight we'll get on stuff out west, LA Lakers. Uh, I think you've all heard of that team and some of the moves they've made. Uh, my girl Hannah, who I do some work with over at Chat Sports. I've been doing some work with Chat Sports the last couple of months. Pretty cool outlet. Check them out at Chat Sports on social media, their YouTube channel too. Um, yeah, so. We've gotten in touch, and I do like to get insight from people that are fans and cover the teams. You know, I am a, a big NBA fan, as you guys know, but I don't have the pulse of LA or the Lakers like someone like Hannah would. Or, you know, I've chopped it up with some people from Toronto in the Discord, and they have a better pulse of the Raptors than I would, you know, because I know the Knicks and the Nets really well because shit, it's my home state. So I see the coverage every day. So I do think if you could be objective with your team, you are a pretty knowledgeable fan. And if you're honest with it, you could, you could bring a lot to the table. So we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But for the meantime, I, I just want to run through a couple of just news and notes on free agency, man. I'm not really going to give you the breakdown of what I 
how I feel about every contract. I am going to wait for Impy so we could do a full full free agency breakdown. But for the most part, there are some talking points. And, you know, I want to start with the big fish that's still available. At the time that we're recording, it is 8.50 Wednesday evening, July 3rd. Happy 4th of July to everyone. Uh, happy, happy late Canada Day to our friendly neighbors up north. But, you know, I do think there are some talking points, man, with this NBA free agency. First off, a shitload of money has been spent. And it does seem like the new norm now is pay now and worry later, right? It seems to be the model with MLB contracts where in the past, you know, you do pay an eight-year, 200-plus million-dollar contract for an Alex Rodriguez where you worry about the upside. The upside of the contract is early, right? The first four or five years of the contract is where you're going to get A-Rod, for example, at the MVP level that you brought him over from the Texas Rangers. But the last four or five years, you're kind of, you're basically paying a double tax on the contract up front and worry about the shit at the end. Uh, and for example, that's two guys that kind of jump off the page as you're looking at the notable signings in free agency are Al Horford with the 76ers. Pretty much signed the same deal with the Celtics. And it was funny because the last, at the time, I remember when Al Horford signed with the Boston Celtics, the talking heads in sports media were saying how the Celtics are going to regret the last year or two of that contract. And shit, deja vu all over again. I do think that with Al Horford, going to be an interesting fit in Philadelphia. I, I do want to sort of protect a future episode, but for the most part, I, I don't understand that move. Um, you You have a team that you're looking at a starting five of Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, who pretty much is going to sign a, a, a max contract with them, $170 million. For a guy who I still think the jury is out on him, I'm not really sure what to make of him. You know how I feel, folks, about dating a Kardashian. Uh, the track record speaks for itself. goes without saying, great girls. But your performance on the court or on the field does team seem to take a dramatic hit uh, when you are affiliated with them. And then, you know, James Harden. James Harden has gone on record saying that he was very distracted the year that I forgot which one he was dating. But then after, you know, he goes on and has an MVP-type season. So they're the biggest dynasty in the United States, folks, the Kardashian family. But you're looking at the 76ers. You have a lot of guys that I don't know who's going to get a bucket for them down down the stretch. You know, I, uh, I reached out to... Going back to what I was saying before about if you have a pulse on your team, I think you could be very, very insightful. And I reached out to a friend of mine down in Miami, my girl Lynn, and she's a big Heat fan. You know, she watches the team on a nightly basis. And I basically asked her about two players, you know, Hassan Whiteside and Josh Richardson. And I just asked her, you know, what's the what's the the fan base in Miami? How do they feel about these subtractions and the addition of Jimmy Butler? And basically, she said that Whiteside is absolute trash and that they're happy with him being traded. And I can't blame him. That contract was a disaster. Yo, sometimes you don't need to see a contract play out to know that that was a bad deal, i.e. Joe Kim Noah, uh, Hassan Whiteside, Tyler Johnson. Shout out to Heat back to back making this list. So you don't need the contract to play out for you to be like, you know what? That's going to be rough. Uh, Chris Paul, even Chris Paul was one of the examples we were talking about in the beginning of the show where you're paying for him right now, but down the road, 
that's going to be rough. Chris Paul and James Harden are, are about $71 million against the cap next season. Bedtime. Good luck building around that. Right? And it seems like Chris Paul sort of fell off a cliff this year. And who knows? Only the basketball gods know what the future of Chris Paul is going to be like. What kind of player is he going to be? You know, so going back to the Heat, you know, it seems like people in Miami are very happy that Whiteside is gone. I don't know what to make of that addition in Portland. Uh, you know, you're going to get Nurkic back. You lose Cantor, who is a pretty big piece for you offensively, but defensively he's a disaster. Um, people were celebrating in Miami when they got rid of him. And then, you know, Josh Richardson, to tie it into the 76ers, he goes there. Uh, he's a guy who's like a good, he's a good, solid rotation guy. All right? He is hit or miss a lot of times, but he's just, when I think of a guy like Josh Richardson, I think 12 points per game. Now, he might be averaging, like, what, 15, 16 points? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But he's just a guy that he could be a top seven, eight guy come playoff time. You look at the Raptors. The Raptors were playing seven and a half guys come Eastern Conference Finals, come crunch time against the 76ers in the NBA Finals, too. You know, it was a starting five. Then it was Van Vliet and an Ibaka and an occasional 12 minutes from Norman Powell. That's about it, you know? So... I think Josh Richardson is cool, but I don't know who gets a bucket for the Sixers down the stretch. Jimmy Butler, not for nothing, he is a locker room cancer, and he's seemed to have blown up three different locker rooms now within three seasons. So I like how he said that he wanted to win, but then he signs with Miami. And look, don't get me wrong, Miami, uh, tremendous. You know how I feel about the 305, but it doesn't make sense when you come out. You're sort of being hypocritical when you say that you want to win, but then you sign with the Heat. And shout out to Pat Riley, man. Year in, year out, they just come out of nowhere and they sign a big free agent. Um, yeah, it, uh, as far as the Heat go, I don't know what to make of them. We still got to see how that plays out. But, you know, Al Horford going to the 76ers, you're paying a lot to guys that, look, they're going to be tremendous defensively. A lot of length. Al Horford is a guy who I do think year three and four of this contract they're going to pay for but let's see how he grooms and let's see if he teaches and the ropes you know they don't really have a veteran presence over in the sixers a veteran big you know jj reddick was a big part of their team he's coming off a career year he's now with the pelicans i think that's a big addition too but a guy like jj reddick you need that veteran presence man not for nothing jj reddick has made over 60 million dollars in the last three seasons sort of just betting on himself that's off to that guy but with Joel Embiid, I do think guys like Paul Millsap, when he signed with Denver, you saw Jokic take the next step. Chris Paul, you pay all that money to bring Chris Paul in. You know, this is, this is sort of a direct correlation with Chris Paul coming in and then James Harden having career years. You know, there's something about that veteran presence that sort of mellows out the guy and teaches him the ropes. Um, another contract where you're paying now and worry about later, and I love this dude. He's probably my favorite basketball player in the NBA right now. It's Damian Lillard. Supermax around close to $200 million extension. 35, 36 years old, you're going to be paying Damian Lillard north of $50 million. So, and the the history of point guards in this league that are undersized, under, you know, 6'2", sort of built on athleticism. The one, the silver lining with Damian Lillard is that he's a tremendous three-point shooter. Uh, him, and, him and Steph Curry have range for days. They could pull up from anywhere, you know. It'd be interesting to see if Damian Lillard played in a different era, what the narrative on him will be. It's one of those things where he's always going to be held to the same standard as Steph Curry, and that's not fair. But Damian Lillard is a hell of a, hell of a basketball player, probably a top three point guard of the last decade, I'd say. Uh, he's in that discussion for me. 
and uh, top top three, four, you know, uh, at veterans minimum. Let me know how you feel about that take with Damian Lillard. Where would you put him in your top top point guards of the last decade? You know, from 2009 till now, he's been in the league for about six, seven years. So we have a it's a fair sample size. So that's what I've noticed with NBA free agency. Again, we will have a breakdown of all the contracts, literally every single one, in a future episode, probably sometime next week. But for now, I just noticed that it's a lot of pain now. Worry about it later. Um, also NBA free agency, we need to, we need to stop thinking about like guys that, oh, this guy's a $25 million player. It's like, yeah, well the cap goes up. The cap isn't the same like it was in 2009. So a guy that's making $25 million now and then is completely different. Like back then $25 million was what LeBron James and Kobe Bryant were making. Now it's like $25 million is what a going rate for like a D'Angelo Russell signing with the Golden State Warriors, which I think is a tremendous, tremendous move for them. You're not going to have Klay Thompson until March, April, and how long is that going to take him to get his legs underneath him? So you get a guy who, again, not for nothing, he carried the Brooklyn Nets, and he's a 23-year-old dude that can shoot. Um, I like his game. He does seem to be a guy that could get along with teammates. No bad reviews from the Brooklyn Nets. And that's, that's a move that a good organization like the... Golden State Warriors does. They sign a guy like that in the backcourt with Steph Curry. Draymond Green in a contract year. Expect that dude to ball out to try to get a max from someone. So I like that move for Golden State also. Um, Kevin Durant, he signs with the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, uh, the guys and I uh, pull the curtain back a little bit. We were auditioning with some companies last summer. Uh, very busy summer for us. And it was just cool to see that everything that we've been doing has been working. So we auditioned with some companies, and one company in particular told us that you know they had a, a very reliable source say that Kevin Durant was coming to New York. Now they didn't specify exactly which New York team, but they said you know they were very they were overly confident when they told us that Kevin Durant was coming to New York. Um, I think ultimately what this shows you is that us Nick fans, going back to what I was talking about before, how. If you have a pulse for your team, I don't know as much as the guy that's a fan of the Grizzlies. I just don't because I don't follow the Grizzlies like that. You know what I mean? And it, it, I think that's just normal. You do tend to know your hometown team better than most people. And like I said, if you could be objective with it, you could bring a lot to the table. So as far as the Knicks, as Knicks fans, one thing we do know is that it starts at the top. And I think as I've gotten older and I've matured as a sports fan, I've noticed that you need to start looking at organizations from the top, right? One of the reasons why the Patriots are so successful, why the, you know, even the Golden State Warriors, they changed ownership and they've been successful the last 70 years. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, um, you know, even the Lakers, man, uh, the Bus family, they 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 laid the LeBron James, Anthony Davis. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but it starts at the top. And when you look up incompetence in the dictionary, I think you're going to see James Dolan, they're not going to be able to. They're they're never going to be able to land anyone because they don't. And you know what? I wish Tim was on right now because I'd ask him to apologize to one Carmelo Anthony and myself too because I wasn't the biggest Melo fan, but I did see why. You know, you could cut that guy some slack, right? I believe he had like six coaches, uh, five six coaches under his tenure. He he faced the most. He had the most starting fives of any quote unquote all star. So. You know he got he got a, a a bad deal, but he was the only big name at the time. Let's not forget Melo when he came over here was a, 
arguably him and Durant were the best scorers in the league. And offensively, he's one of the most gifted offensive players of this generation. And he chose to come here. Guys are not coming to New York. And I think it starts at the top with James Dolan. And, you know, just imagine if if the MLB, the MLB was a salary cap league and the Yankees and the Mets are clearing up cap space for two, three years, all with the intentions of signing Mike Trout, Clayton Kershaw, and uh, Mookie Betts, right? They're all up for free agency. It's just the first three names that came to my head that are superstars in the game of baseball. And both the Mets and the Yankees sort of just like made the playoffs the year before, got knocked out early, but they have the cap space. And they just chose to side with the Mets as opposed to the Yankees. That'd be a head-scratcher across, across the whole NBA, across the whole MLB. You'd be like, huh? How do you not go to the big brother and you go to the little brother? But it goes to show you that the Nets, the Nets were able to mortgage their whole future for in that Celtics trade. They give up Gerald Wallace. They, well, they trade for Gerald Wallace, and it ends up being Damian Lillard with the Portland Trailblazers. And it's just like... They did it right, man. You acquire bad contracts like the Moscow contract. You tell the Lakers, hey, you want to get rid of D'Angelo Russell? I want D'Lo, but I'll take Moscow too. And that's what they did. And, you know, a team to watch out for, guys. Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks have taken on some really bad. They, they just picked up the Chandler Parsons contract, who, once again, uh, VM NBA agent of the decade, Chandler Parsons. So they're going to have a lot of cap space going forward. And they have that young core, Herder. Seems to be like the analytics, uh, you, you know, what Rodney Hood was to the anal- analytics nerds with Gordon Hayward a couple years ago. That's what Herder is now. You got Trey Young. They pick up some assets in the in the draft this season. You get uh, John Collins also. So you have a nice, uh, a nice young core there. And you're going to have cap space, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see. But as far as Durant goes, you know, with Durant, man, the, the Nets... First of all, to, to bring odds into the picture, they're 15 to 1 to win the NBA title. I think that's an absolute joke um, with the additions that the Pacers made. You got the Bucks still. You got the 76ers. You'll have the Raptors, who uh, I think Kawhi Leonard stays. Um, you know, just looking at the odds, right? I think the odds are very telling. The Nets are plus 1,500, meaning $100 wins you $1,500 to win the NBA title. And Durant's not coming back next year. I don't think he's going to come back next year. I don't think they're going to uh, force him back. Now, if all goes well and like Kyrie's an MVP candidate and they're like a two seed, maybe like maybe Giannis gets hurt. Not you know, knock on wood. I don't wish an injury on anyone. But if there's like a clear lane where they could really tell themselves, you know, we can get to the NBA Finals if you come back and play, then maybe, maybe. But you're talking about an Achilles, a guy 32 years old, and you know, I, I I've been on record saying that I don't think every injury is the same, and it's not fair to group every injury the same just because uh, one guy was blew out his knee or his Achilles doesn't mean that they're all gonna come out to be the same. You know, Adrian Peterson tore his ACL the worst possible way in January, and then he ran for 2,000 yards and won MVP the next year. So not every injury is the same, folks. Um, if you think about it, though, so Durant signs for uh, north of $160 million, and also DeAndre Jordan gets four years, $40 million. Now, I don't know if he shut it down last year with the Knicks, but he's not a guy that I would pay $40 million. So basically, the Nets paid about $200 million for three years of Kevin Durant because they brought in DeAndre Jordan, buddy buddies with uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, 
and also Durant's not going to play next year. So you gotta you gotta think that's a that's a three for two hundred million dollar contract for Kevin Durant. That just goes to show you what an elite athlete Kevin Durant is. You know, so that's the that's the Kevin Durant tax. And last but not least, before we get to our interview, um, Vegas, man, Vegas, Vegas. One of the biggest appeals to me, and why I have always gravitated to sports betting, and why I've always been fascinated by the sports betting world, is because Vegas tells you a lot of things before they happen. And if you just look at the odds as of today, you know, Jalen Rose comes out on ESPN and he said he's 99% sure that Kawhi Leonard is going back on a two-year deal to Toronto. And the Raptors move from 10 to 1 odds, meaning $100 won you $1,000, to 6 to 1 odds at the Westgate Las Vegas Casino to win the title. Um, they were as high as 14 to 1 at the Westgate just 36 to 48 hours ago. The odds tell you a lot. Vegas does not want to give you a good number. Vegas wants to win and make money, and they want you to be a loser. How do you think all those fancy hotels and casinos were built out there? Not because they're like, hey, hey, Nick and Impy from New York, come on. Here are great odds on this thing. Let's have you win. No, it's not like that. It's like, F you. We're trying to build another $500 million casino and take all your money. That's what we're trying to do. So Vegas tells you a lot. You know, I remember, I remember after the... 73 win warriors were rumored to sign durant they went to minus 150 about three days before free agency and the thunder ballooned up to 30 to 1 i remember telling you know some of my uh degenerate friends and be included i'm like yo we should take a stab at the thunder in the event that durant goes back because i thought the thunder were the best team in the league that year so the odds tell you a lot and i think from the beginning, man, I just thought that the the most optimal decision for Kawhi Leonard is you re-up with the Toronto Raptors, you do a two-year deal, one-year opt-out, get yourself $40 million this year, the entire core is back, Siakam another year, probably going to step up even more, most improved player in the league. You got Ibaka under contract, you got Gasol, you got Van Vliet, you got Lowry, you have all these big names, you got you know, Danny Green, fine, big piece of the rotation, but... Danny Green, you can you can find other kind of Danny Green guys, right? Though he did show out in the finals, and that was one of my biggest X factor when I was breaking down this series from the beginning. I thought Danny Green was gonna have to steal a game for them, and he did. So, you know, the the Clippers are now back up to sixteen to one after being ten to one two days ago. So they they have a pulse, they have a pulse, and it seems like Kawhi Leonard. That was the best choice for him. Go back to Toronto, defend. I don't remember any superstar winning a championship and then leaving. So it makes sense for him to go back to Toronto. So, you know, I I think that Toronto, you should be happy. You're probably going to get Kawhi back, defend the title, probably the favorite in the East. The Sixers, for all these additions, they still don't have a guy that could get a bucket later down the road. Uh, come, come two minutes left, who's getting you a bucket? I don't know. I don't know if there's that guy. So... With that being said, uh, odds shifting, I think, are very important. They tell you a lot before um, Woj tells you sometimes. So shout out to Woj, man. That guy's hustling. That guy is hustling. Uh, before we get to the interview, just some housekeeping notes. I want to give a shout out to Nick Chavez, Chuck Page, definitely a porn star name, and uh, Zach Smith. You guys are in the... Um, highest tier Patreon. We greatly, greatly appreciate that. Thank you for your support. Um, Christopher Velasquez, 
and Ryan Pisner. Thank you as well. You are in the the second highest tier. So uh, yeah, just wanted to um, just wanted to give you guys a shout out. And shout out to everyone that has supported the show and continues to support the show. Um, you can find the show at Veterans Minimum on Instagram and on Twitter. At the Lamb Show is where you can find me. And yeah, enjoy the interview now with my girl Hannah from Chat Sports. All right, guys. Without further ado, my girl Laker Han. Hannah Kulik, did I get that one right? Yeah, Hannah Kulik. It's it's kind of a weird one, but you're very close. Close enough, close enough. We we do some uh, work together with Chat Sports. We both uh, do some content for them over there, as I mentioned before in the intro. And you know, Hannah, one reason why I reached out to you is because you do the Laker coverage. Laker Han is your nickname, so obviously you have a good pulse of the team. And I like getting people's insight that really know a team or cover a team i would say so i'm glad that you joined us uh say hello to the people that are listening hello everyone thank you so much for having me on i'm really excited to talk laker basketball right now we're kind of at a little bit of a standstill with this whole Kawhi situation but still so far this off season is really off to a great start so definitely a lot to talk about regardless I say we just get into the Kawhi stuff right away so <laughs> i we were, we were sort of chopping it up before we started recording and Let's start with this. I at the time we're recording, it's uh, it's around nine forty Eastern time. You know, you're out west, so you're lucky because I always do say that as a sports fan, I wish I lived out west because, you know, the time difference I just think is sensational for you guys. Um, so if no Kawhi, where do you think the Lakers go? Man, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of free agents now are off the market, but there still are a lot available. You know, some guys that I think the Lakers would obviously be interested in. I think regardless, even if Kawhi does sign, I think they're probably going to bring Rondo back, possibly even JaVale McGee back. But there still are, you know, a lot of guys. DeMarcus Cousins is a guy that I could see them giving if we don't get Kawhi, maybe like a big one-year contract and he's a guy that I think would be a great addition to this Lakers team you know he's like a stretch five center which is a good you know exactly what they need I think also and a lot of people may get mad at me for saying this but Carmelo Anthony is another one I'm not like the biggest Carmelo Anthony fan but I think coming off the bench for the Lakers if you can get him to play like 15 minutes a night coming off the bench I mean that would be pretty exciting he'd be able to have like the ball in his hand the whole time he can shoot which is all he likes to do Mm. I mean I think that would be great I think also and I know this player I know Danny Green is probably gonna end up going wherever Kawhi Leonard goes but let's say Kawhi decides to not go to the Lakers and I think the Lakers could possibly offer Danny Green like a big one-year contract and maybe you know who knows if they're offering him like 18 million for one year he may still come he may not want to turn that down but definitely a lot is kind of hanging in the balance right now for Kawhi to make this decision already I understand that you know this is his right he's earned this right to take his time and stuff but I'm getting kind of annoyed honestly yeah what's funny with Kawhi is so in the beginning he was the ideal superstar and then he had all that shit fall out with the Spurs and then, I mean, look, it got justified because he won a title this year. And now he just has the entire league in the palm of his hand. You know, Kawhi, Kawhi Watch at the moment is the number two trend worldwide on Twitter. So I definitely hear you. And look, despite all the moves that have gone down, I definitely think that that's the biggest piece that's still... I, I'm not really going out on a limb there, but he literally changes the entire dynamic of either the Raptors or, you know, if he goes to the Lakers, then... You're looking at that big three, which would be crazy. Uh, how do you feel about if they do get him? Like, you know, 
you'd have to sign these guys on like the you know the Quinn Cooks of the world. Jamal mm-hmm. Crawford is still out there. You mentioned Rondo. Do you think that getting a guy like Kawhi? I know it sounds crazy because we just saw what this guy did, but. Like, say you're playing the Portland Trailblazers in the Western Conference Finals. Like, who's guarding Damian Lillard? Caruso? <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's honestly, I mean, the point guard situation for the Lakers is probably their biggest concern, regardless if, you know, Kawhi signs or not. This is why I kind of have a theory that Rob Palenka is going to be knocking on Darren Collison's door and being like, listen, I know you retired, but mm, how about I give you about 15 mil and you re- reconsider that retirement? But obviously that's kind of a big concern. But when you have three players, like you have Kawhi, you have AD, you have LeBron, you have three of the top five NBA players. I mean, I could literally play point guard and I think we would still win regardless. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're right on that. Um, I I do think that that might be the issue though. So let's say they don't get Kawhi, right? Are you going to be comfortable with like a, a Caruso and Kuzma lineup with obviously AD and LeBron? And do you think those two guys play the amount of games that they're supposed to play? Listen, I am the biggest Kyle Kuzma fan. I've been from day one of the draft combine back a couple years ago. I was always rooting for him when the Lakers drafted him over Jordan Bell everyone was freaking out and I was the one I actually wish I would have pinned this tweet because I was the one who said you know you guys Kyle Kuzma is something special about him he's going to be a great player so I will defend Kyle Kuzma day in and day out so I want him in that starting lineup I think he's gonna have an amazing year he's working with the lethal shooter he's working on his shooting he's working on his defense he's getting stronger so I think Kyle Kuzma is gonna have a great season um Alex Crusoe Listen, I think he's a great guy. He's a nice guy. I think, you know, coming off the bench, he's fine. I don't know necessarily if he's the starter that I'd like to see for the Lakers, but if that's the only route they have, then I guess it's just, it's going to have to be. But I think Rondo, if the Lakers were to sign Rondo, would be the starter. What's the love affair with LA and Kuzma? Like, I remember just... Because I so uh, my friends and I we we sort of take like an annual trip to Vegas year in year out and last time that we went to Vegas was during the summer league and you know we were talking about it before we started recording and it was Alonzo Ball Kuzma year and dude it was crazy how Alonzo was the big get right and the Levar Ball stuff and whatever that's that's for another podcast but just everyone just has this love affair with Kyle Kuzma as someone that lives in L.A. and you mentioned that you love Kuzma too what is it about this dude okay. Kuzma just has, like, this undeniable swag about him. You can't make it up. You can't, you know... Can't teach it. Yeah, you can try to be an actor and try to be all cool, but Kuzma's just, like, he walks in a room, and he's just, like, cool. And, you know, he... I think, also, LA, we love, like, all the drama. We love the underdog story. We love the fact that, you know, no one knew who Kyle Kuzma was before, Mm -hmm. and now look at him. He's, you know, one of the best rookies of that class. He's a star. I think, also, you know... Huge just shout out to him and props to him because I think he's like a genius marketer. Like he just lives and breathes the Lakers. He's really active on his social media. He works his butt off. He's reaching out to guys like Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. and even, you know, even going so far as reaching out to Dwayne The Rock Johnson last summer just to get stronger um, and to work kind of more like, I guess, a bodybuilding type of workout, which is what I do. So to get stronger and stuff. And I think the fans really appreciate that. You know, Lonzo and especially Brandon Ingram, 
you know, when the season was over, Ingram just went back home to North Carolina, and he was kind of more chill, low-key. That doesn't mean that he wasn't working hard and he wasn't, you know, grinding and stuff. But I think for LA, we like our players to be involved with the fans, especially with this modern, you know, social media mm-hmm. era. There's so many outlets for them to do it on, and I think Kuzma's just done it to the best of the ability. And I think also just the fact, like I said, the whole underdog you know, story with him, the fact that no one knew who he was. And then here's this kid who not only is balling, but he's got, you know, the swag and the attitude to match. So I think that's probably why. I mean, I, I'm just a huge Kyle Kuzma fan. Maybe you should ask someone who's like kind of a little bit more like in the middle with it. But yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a pretty valid explanation. So what's the what's the pulse like for the Lakers right now? Because look, not for nothing, you, you guys have been. It's unbelievable. You guys have been pretty shitty the last couple of years. And then. <laughs> Yeah, I, I believe I believe the Lakers and the Knicks have lost the most games in the last five years. And then, lo and behold, you can land free agents. The Knicks can't even get meetings with them. Uh, I don't want to get into the Knicks because uh, this podcast will take a turn for the worst. But staying, staying with the Lakers, right? So what's the pulse with them getting AD? Are people... You, first of all, you, how do you feel about that trade? Because you did give up a lot, but in the end of the day, you get AD who... I say the same thing. This time last year, this would have been a slam dunk. No complaints. I don't care what you gave up. For sure. So how how do you feel about the trade? And then tell me what's like the pulse of LA with this trade. Okay. Well, I can understand both sides. I mean, obviously there's the fans who were like thrilled 100%. We got AD. Then there are the fans who were like, but Lonzo and Ingram and Josh Hart, who I am a really big fan of. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, the end of the day, we kept Kuzma, and that was really all I cared about. <laughs> Which was but, also the, the – I hate to cut you off. That was the craziest thing. Like, I saw a lot of people are like, they yeah. didn't want to give up Kuzma. Yeah. That just goes to show how much faith they have in this guy. And, you know, in fact, I think him and LeBron are really close, too. Mm-hmm. So I think LeBron, I'm sure, had a little bit of a say and stuff. And, you know, that, that, that again, goes to how much of a genius Kuzma is as a marketer because, you know, he befriends LeBron. He becomes buddies with LeBron. Now all of a sudden LeBron's on his side. You're not getting treated, you know? Ingram and Lonzo could have done that, but they didn't. But going back to your original question, you know, I think at the end of the day, obviously – Myself included, you know, when you get guys that you're so excited about, these young players, Ingram, Lonzo, who are supposed to be the face of your franchise, and you end up just trading them after a couple of years, I can understand where you're frustrated, disappointment, but to get a guy like Anthony Davis, I mean, you have to do it. You have to pull the trigger. And the bottom line is, is so far, Ingram and Lonzo's careers with LA have just been completely tainted by injuries. Mm-hmm. And who knows if they're going to be able to stay healthy. And if they're able to stay healthy throughout their careers, then I'm sure they're going to have, you know, great careers and be great players. But at the end of the day, they've yet to do that. And it doesn't really matter if, you know, you're supposed to be the most talented player in the world. If you can't stay healthy, then then it doesn't mean anything. We've seen that, unfortunately, with Derek Rose and his entire career struggling with injuries and stuff. So I, I was fine with it, honestly. I mean, I was happy we kept Kuz. Um, I am sad to see Josh Hart go because I think Josh Hart is a player that I really like. He's a good role player. You know, I don't think he's going to be a star, but I think he's one of those guys that um, has the potential to be a pretty big role player. Kind of maybe like a, I don't want to say a Robert Ory, but a guy who's, you know, a good three and D player that could have helped the Lakers out. Um, Again, last season, he kind of struggled with injuries as well, but if healthy, I think he was going to be great. But at the end of the day, we got Anthony Davis. I was thrilled. I lost my voice from screaming so hard, so I have zero complaints about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when uh when I saw your your pin tweet had like AD with so many purple and yellow hearts. So I yeah. hear you on that. Hey, hey yo, not for nothing. These draft picks, right? They, 
Like, you look at the Sixers, for example, the process. It's like, yeah, but they missed on four of their first-round picks, too. So I've always been a believer where if I could get a established commodity like an AD, and that's not even a commodity. That's like a, the top of the food chain. I would give up all the draft picks. And also, this dude's 26. Like, oh, for sure. He's, he's going to be there past LeBron. So when LeBron goes out the door... You know, the, all the rumblings are that he really wants to play with his kid down the l- line. And it, it seems like more and more likely because his, his son is really good. But you do have the big, which the Lakers, my whole life, they've always had the big center, the big the big man. I mean, outside of Dwight Howard. But for the most part, you'll have that way, AD. So, yeah, I'm with you. I would. It's weird because I don't think all all trade packages are the same. Like in the past, anytime you get the superstar, it's always a win. But I do like what the Pelicans got, especially if, you know, you mentioned Ingram. He had the blood clot stuff, right? Yeah. So that's that's big. If he could be healthy, I think that's a that's a big uh, move for them. Um, all right, let's 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 just talk a little bit about just like the overall NBA landscape before we, we go. Um, what would you say is your favorite free agency signing across the league? You're not allowed to pick any Lakers. You're, you're forbidden from picking the Lakers stuff. You know what? Okay. Is my favorite, but I'm definitely the most interested to see how this one turns out. I'm going to say the D'Angelo Russell to Golden State because mm. I don't know how that's going to play out. I mean, they have Steph Curry already, they have Clay Thompson. Yes, he is probably going to be out most of the season with that torn ACL, but I'm you know, they're very guard heavy over there. I don't understand why they would give D'Angelo Russell the max contract. Also, you know, nothing against Angelo Russell, but I'm curious to see how he plays this this season because I think he's a guy that, you know, gets handed $30 million and then just kind of chills out a little bit. Ooh. Says, oh, you know, all right, we're good, we're good. You know, um, I could be totally wrong, but just from my recollections of when he was on the Lakers and from what I've heard around the league, I'm going to be very interested to see how he plays and how he's able to kind of pair up with Steph and then Clay when he comes back. Wow, that's a hell of a point. And, you know, oftentimes I feel like people forget that he was with the Lakers because that was just such a bad, bad, like, the whole setup was so toxic. That was, what, tail end of Kobe. He had the Nick Young shit that went down, too, which was kind of kind of strange. And, yeah, I mean, shout out to the Nets. They took on that Moskov contract, which I'm sure you might have not been that thrilled about at the time. And that's the real MVP here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, with, with, with D'Lo, what's interesting is I do think that I think smart teams make that move. Like, I really like what the Warriors did because, like you said, Clay's probably not going to play until, what, March, April. And they're mm-hmm. not going to just put him in there and, you know, do what they did with Durant where Durant came in. And I thought it was a little suspect where they're like, oh, no minutes restriction. It's like, dude, yeah. he's not playing in January against the Wizards. Like, this is high level top top tier basketball and lo and behold he blows his achilles so yeah i'm with you on the d'angelo russell um give me the signing that you're like huh what the hell like what was a head scratching signing for you i think jimmy butler going to miami couldn't agree with you more i spent about five minutes just talking about the general idea with that before so tell me why I mean, I just, that was not even like in the cards for me. I had, I had zero thoughts he was going to go to Miami. Apparently the 76ers offered him, um, the max and he turned it down to go to Miami. So I don't know if he just didn't want to play over there. I don't know if he's lying about it. Um, that was 
I did not think he was going to up there. I thought he was just going to re-sign with Philly or he was going to possibly. I thought he was a shot for the Lakers, honestly. Um, there, you were hearing rumblings about the Clippers being in the mix. Um, even, you know, New York. And that's whatever, just because they wanted to pair Kyrie or KD up with someone. But, yeah, I mean, Miami, that was super random. I and mean, he, he really wanted to go there. Like, he made it happen. Yeah, and what's weird about him is he said he wants to win. And, you know, yeah. I, I love I love Miami. For, it's my favorite place to vacation. But I don't know if that'd be a team I would want to go to right now to go win. And they oh. do seem to always, you know, Pat Riley goes back to the organization thing. Like, you know, he always seems to at least get meetings with people. And I'm sure when he pulls them over there and it's like, hey, you know, you were just in Philly and Minnesota the last two years. And, you know, living in the East Coast, those uh, those winters could get harsh. Right. I know you don't have to deal with that. It's like 70 degrees all year round in L.A. But no, down in Miami, yeah, you have you have all that. So, yeah, the Jimmy Butler one was a head scratcher. I think also Al Horford, like initially, that's going to be a pretty good signing because he's a hell of a team guy too. But you'll be paying him like thirty five million dollars the last two years of that deal, and it's going to be one of those things where you're paying for it now and worry about it later. Yeah, no, that was another head scratcher. Just because, again, you said he's going to be making like 35 mil those last couple of years. And that's a lot of money. I mean, Al Horford's a great player. But, I mean, is he worth that? I, I'm not necessarily sure. Yeah, so uh, I want to end with this. I don't think uh, Kawhi Leonard, I, I from the beginning, I was saying Kawhi Leonard is going to go to the Raptors. I just felt like all those guys, that core team has all those guys under contract. And it just made sense, you know. I don't remember anyone winning a title and then just disappearing and leaving. And not for nothing, the West is loaded, right? Utah got better. Denver's going to – I think Denver could be really, really interesting if Michael Porter Jr. comes back and is, like, the player that everyone thought he was going to be. Obviously, the Lakers now are in contention. You know, I still think Golden State's going to be fine. Where in the in the East – it's it's Milwaukee, it's Toronto, and, and the Sixers. So it's a clear path. Um, but yeah, and also like the odds just, you know, the odds have moved in favor of him re-signing with the Raptors. So it's going to be interesting. Hannah, I appreciate it so much that you hopped on. We've been setting this up for a couple weeks now. Finally got you on here. Uh, the floor is yours. Tell us where can they find you? What other cool shit you do? I know you're into like working out and whatnot. You do the <laughs> stuff. Plug away. The floor is yours. Okay, well, you guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm definitely being much more active on my Twitter. Um, at Hannah underscore Kulik, K-U-L-I-K. And then Instagram, really big on Instagram. I post workout videos, a lot of, like, fitness content. And then, of course, Lakers and NBA coverage and stuff as well. I'm also going to be doing a lot of fun giveaways this season. So I've already done, like, a big jersey giveaway with my bookie and FanDuel. We're going to be giving away free Laker tickets this season. You can kind of access that all through my Instagram. And that is at Hannah Rose Kulik. Again, Kulik is K-U-L-I-K. I'll make sure to have all her handles where you can find their guys in the description below for the podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, enjoy your 4th of July. And we'll catch you guys next time on the VMNBA show.